The following podcast contains some strong language and some very average opinions. Any references to actual people are wildly inaccurate. It's probably best if you don't listen at all. The Roaring Peacock Podcast. Welcome back to the Roaring Peacock Podcast. This is the match preview of the game between Leeds United and Newcastle United. In this match preview, we'll be talking about both teams, previewing the game, and also highlighting an issue around mental health as one of the uh, one of Newcastle United's fans, Martin Lorimer, this week succumbed to his battle with mental health. So, uh, a little bit of a somber note, but we'll try and keep it as light and uh, funny as normal. Uh, so my name is Adonis, you know me as the Adelites on Twitter, and joining us today is our resident Riot Badger, Alex. Good afternoon. And our Newcastle United fan uh, and drink, Mike Carley. <laughs> All right. Do you like Thanks Mike or Michael or... I go, I go by Mickey normally, so Mickey, Mickey will be... Mickey, there we go. Mickey Carling. M- Mickey P. Carling. <laughs> <laughs> How is everybody? How are you going? Yeah, good. It's been, we haven't spoken in a while. No. No. <laughs> Just yesterday. Yep. Podcast, 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 podcast. It takes over your life, doesn't it? Aye. <laughs> aye? Why aye? <laughs> oh, they just going to be terrible accents Started now. already. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can't have the normal banter with you, uh, Mickey, because I actually don't mind... Newcastle, um, <laughs> Newcastle United, huh. Newcastle fans in general. But having said that, you did beat us a lot. And mm. I, I, yeah, 1996, I was 10 years old and Alan Shearer was scoring goals for England. And I was very happy about that. And then as the seasons wore on, I was became less and less happy with Alan Shearer <laughs> as he scored loads of goals almost every time, basically. Yeah, he, he, had a, he always had a good time. In Death taxes and Alan Shearer scoring against Leeds. <laughs> There's three things you could you could always count on. Yeah, he always he always had a good time against Leeds. I mean, I, I have I have pretty much only good memories with Newcastle against Leeds because, like you say, we we've always done well. So I, I don't mind I don't mind you either, probably for that reason. And the podcast, well done, one all draw. <laughs> <laughs> our listener knows quite a bit about Leeds United so can you maybe tell us a little bit about Newcastle um, because the last thing I heard was that Rafa Benitez pissed off to China and um, for all we know he could have been the cause of coronavirus probably he ate a pangolin or something um, <laughs> and now you've got Steve Bruce uh, which seemed like a particularly bad idea but it looks like he's been bitten by a pangolin <laughs> <laughs> he's a love child of a pangolin and uh, Mr. Blobby <laughs> uh, yeah I mean that kind of sums it up doesn't it you know we've gone in a, such a short space of time we've gone from having one of the best managers in the world to, to Steve Bruce and it's just been a catastrophe you know that you hear about the pundits talking about Newcastle all the time at the minute you, you, you like Sir Chris Sutton and Robbie Savage and all that who continually try and wind us up on social media as well talking about Newcastle as if we're having a great season and, and, we're, and we're just not you know that the points on the board mask what is happening at this club massively we've got you know we could if we win on on Wednesday night we, we'll have 20 points from 12 games which for, for Newcastle is a great return but watching it has just been absolutely disgusting for a year and a half it's it's so bad it's so so bad to watch that we're all starting to, to just get sick of it, you know. Like we obviously have to watch the match. That's just how it works. But like I do it with I do it with resentment. Even and even when we win, it's not it's not quite as good anymore. And you know, and also now we're at the point where when we win, you're just waiting for one of these prick pundits to to come out and be like, "Told these Newcastle fans, you're wrong." But we're not wrong, you know. We're the ones that have to sit and watch it for ninety minutes every week, and it's shite. Yeah. Oh, we've been there. We have been there. <laughs> So we totally sympathise. Yeah, yeah. At, at so I least, mean, I would say at least it's happening in the Premier League. Do you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, we can't complain too much because we are in the Premier League. We're probably safe this season, which was was Steve Bruce's mandate at the start of the season. But you just, mm-hmm. 
you just think for us, what could have been, you know, and I'm not even talking about the takeover, which is a, is a whole story in itself. But if we just, if, if Ashley just hadn't been such a total idiot and just done what was necessary to keep Rafa Benitez as our manager, we were, we were progressing. We were getting better. Every, every year was better than the last. Every year the squad yeah. was better than the last. We played defensive football, which was what we're doing now, but it was defensive football with like an intention of trying to score at some point and trying to win the game. Whereas now it's just like, get everyone you can behind the ball and, and maybe something will happen possibly, but it'll be no, by, by no doing of the team or the manager or the system. It'll just happen by accident. Right. And we've just been so lucky this season that it's happened by accident quite a few times. And we've got a few points. So that expires. That terrifies me. Yeah, absolutely terrified now that you said that, that you sit back because that is something that we cannot break down as a team. This is a, this is basically slag your own team off podcast, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, we cannot break down teams that sit behind the ball. Um, we need a team to come out and attack us. And I've, I've said for ages that we need an early goal, but we've had an early goal in the last two and we've lost. So I don't know what we do now. So <laughs> shit, basically. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I can I can promise you that Newcastle will not will not come at you at all. No, not no. at all. That's what I'm going for, Adonis. Yeah. <laughs> this is gonna be a shit show. Yeah. The problem the problem we have with that though is that we're actually not very good at defending. So all right, cool. That's I, fine. Take I, think, <laughs> I think I think I think you'll win and, and it'll be a disgusting game of football. How yeah. are you at set pieces? Ah uh, well, I mean we haven't big lads at the back. We haven't conceded many from set pieces. I think we actually do all right. It, defensively we haven't scored many from set pieces either um, ah we'll take that okay yeah. things are starting to get better <laughs> yeah i'm feeling positive already Cheers, yeah. Mickey. <laughs> um so what's happening with uh mike ashley and um sports direct and and all of that and because that's an issue isn't it i thought you were getting getting bought out but then you had a similar thing to us which is toma do you have toma I don't know. I don't know what Toma is. That's a takeover my ass. So all the rumors that came over, and that's that's basically what we used to say is it take over my ass. We're not getting taken over. Yeah, that's basically where we're at now as well. You know, so it's, this this version of the takeover has been going on for at least a almost a year now. Hmm. And the same the same lady who's in charge of this consortium has previously tried to buy the club and it didn't work. And that was in 2017. We we had the, the takeover rumors with this Benzayed group who are supposedly close to buying Derby, but it's now looking like that's going to fall through because they haven't got any money. Um, for that, we've had, there's been a few others. So th- but the, this most recent one was the one that seemed like it was going to come off. You know, everything, mm. everything was in place. The price had been agreed. There was, you know, quotation marks, no red flags with the Premier League's owners and directors test. And then all of a sudden loads of red flags appeared and, and, and it's off, you know, and, there's there's a whole host of rumors and possibilities about what's actually happened and supposed pressure from other Premier League clubs, Tottenham and, and Liverpool, two of the main ones. And we kind of poo-pooed that a bit when it when it all came out and thought, you know, realistically, is is that going to have an impact and is it going to happen? And then and then you see Project Big Picture come out and you think about the the level of control that these clubs want to have on the league, and you think actually that's probably been true. They probably have been against against the takeover and 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 try to done, to do something about it and you know here we are that version of the takeover whilst it hasn't been officially rejected has effectively been rejected and we're now in a position where supposedly the buyer still want to buy the club the seller definitely still wants to sell the club or at least he says he does but but they're not allowed so what what we're hoping in the northeast is that the the Saudis are smart enough to restructure the deal and make it so that the the investment fund, which is described by them as a separate legal entity, but it's completely controlled by the Saudi state. So you can't really justify that. Right. If they restructure it and do it differently in the same way as, as what happened at Southampton, then they they were going to be taken over by some uh, by some similar vehicle and, and it wasn't going to be allowed. So it's now just one bloke who's got given all the money, basically, to go and buy Southampton. Um, if they do the same thing with Newcastle, then maybe it might go through. But I'm, I'm so so sick of it you know there was more rumors again come up on twitter last night for like the 250th night in a row yeah. and I've, I've just had enough like i just have completely had enough i do not miss those days at leeds i really do not miss that oh god it's shite, it's shite isn't it <laughs> yeah you can't because, help but get sucked uh, in and, yeah. and, and get excited and then you just let down again and again and again and again yeah. and i keep falling for it and what you'll get is when you do finally get taken over, there will be a small core of people that will be like, we shouldn't have got Mike Ashley, shouldn't have sold us, you were better. 
you know, the things that Mike Ashley did for us, blah, blah, blah. And it's a revisionist history. We've got the same about Chilino. As, you know, Chilino did really well for us. It, it nearly nearly collapsed the club. Yeah. Um, so, and, and I've been saying that about you guys. You just need to get rid of that guy because he's not um, a football club owner with football at his forefront. It's, it's just not what he wants. So uh, a club like Newcastle should be in decent hands at least. I remember we, we that would we would was... take anybody, like anyone yeah. in the whole world, over Mike Ashley. There were years and years and years where you never spent in the transfer market, but it just seemed like you've you've bought a few players recently. Yeah, we have. Uh, you know, this this transfer window was good, but it's it it, it sort of doesn't count because the last few have been so shit. Mm. You know, the, the the one I always look back on is that the season we finished fifth under Alan Pardew was a, like a miracle season. And we qualified for the Europa League. We still had a chance of Champions League on the last day of the season. Um, and that transfer window, we spend a little bit of money and, and we can progress and we can challenge again the next season. And instead, we bought Vernon Eater, who came to you guys and played right back. Oh, it, was, it was fantastic for us. Fuck me. <laughs> you know, it, it, what, like, what planet are they on doing that? What, what football person would think that that's a good idea? I think it was six million quid. Like, if nothing else... You're going into a European season where you're playing playing almost twice as many games, or not, well, not quite, but I'm, I'm exaggerating. But like you're playing a lot more games, you need more bodies. So even if it was free transfers, like get more people in, and we struggled that season massively with injuries and, and and problems with not having enough players in the squad, and it was just like so obvious what was going to happen, and 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 yet we're still just brought in Vernonita. It's madness, and the same thing has happened like time after time yeah. since over the over the thirteen years, but we'll have like disaster transfer windows and then they might do something about it the next time, which is what's happened this year. And, 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 you know, credit where it's due this year, we brought in good players, we brought in Wilson, who's class, scored a half full of goals for us. We've got um, Fraser on a free transfer, really good bit of business. We brought Jamal Lewis from Norwich. He's a good footballer. Other teams wanted to buy him, but like the last window was shocking. So you, you kind of split that in two and then you're not actually looking at that good a window. Hmm. Yeah. So it's just, it's just a myth. And it's like, it's easy, you know. It's easy to, from the outside to look in and think that's really positive for Newcastle, but without the context, without having to go through it constantly, you don't you don't see that it's just papering over the cracks, which is all it's ever been. Yeah. Oh dear. I mean, the only thing that I take from your squad list is that you've got a Brazilian that sounds like he works in an office in Slough. <laughs> that's that's all I take. That's my football insight. <laughs> my name's Joe Linton. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm not alone in thinking that there was something deeply suspicious about the Joe Linton deal as well because really? forty million pounds for someone that nobody else wanted to buy and that kind of kind of play football is, you know, it's dubious at best, isn't it? Like some someone's yeah. had a, a bag full of money for me <laughs> and that deal. Honestly, like it's the only explanation because he's abysmal. <laughs> is that to pay someone off or something? Mike well, Ashley's had an affair and. <laughs> yeah, can't let it get out. It could be. I don't. I don't know who would go near Mike Ashley with a basketball, even with all his money. A, 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 like a star of Greg's. I think he's probably just bankrupted of Greg's and has gone like, right. If you don't buy Joe Linton, I'm going to tell the press about how many uh, steak bakes you've eaten. That's how he ended up with Joe Linton. He, apparently, Mike Ashley does all of his business in the pub, and there's, there's you know, there's talks that there's rumours that he was like sick in a fireplace because he had too many pints at, a, at an actual proper serious business meeting so that kind of sums him up doesn't it so there probably is some skeletons in his closet that we don't know about so maybe yeah. that's what it was we, we might have cracked it here on this podcast <laughs> it's all a big cover yeah, Joe Linton <laughs> Joe Linton and the steak peak <laughs> the most expensive hangover ever <laughs> yeah <laughs> we've all been there aren't we oh yeah yeah definitely we'll go out for dinner tomorrow oh, yeah yeah fantastic it's like, oh shit I can't afford that <laughs> it's yeah. just the same but it's Joe Linton <laughs> Uh, um, imagine, imagine waking up and realizing you'd spent forty million quid. <laughs> That'd be a blow, wouldn't it? Yeah, slightly. Yeah, <sighs> with no memory. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah, so, that's you know that's kind of Newcastle United. Like I've got nothing. I've got nothing really positive to say. It is. I'm afraid. Like it's shit. I hope it gets better for you after your next game. Like, <laughs> I feel really bad. Yeah. But the funny thing is, like, if, when you look at the points on the look at the points on the board, like, you know, it is it is positive. And I, I I said on our podcast last night, like, if if we win on Wednesday and we beat Fulham on Saturday and we beat Brentford in the cup quarter final on the following Tuesday or Wednesday, you have to you have to then say that it's a good season and the the performances are kind of don't matter at that point. Yeah. But the, 
but they still do like they still do well our our manager would say that it's football has got nothing to do with performances and it's almost like a a bit of entertainment for the poor people who don't have much else going in their life and so that that he's be able to sees it as an obligation to create free-flowing attacking entertaining football Well, Ian, one of the questions I had for both of you, which I asked our guys last night, was whether you would swap places with us in terms of the points on the board and the style of football. No. Nope. I'm quite happy where we are at the minute. I mean, we've had a, a few bad results, but I'd rather watch the football that we're trying to play um, and and stay safe in the Premier League this season than be f- as frustrated as you sound. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's the, the caveat, isn't it? It depends yeah. whether it, it depends whether it leads to relegation or not, which I, I don't that's I don't it. think for you it will. I would swap because I I'm absolutely sick to death of watching Newcastle. Like it's yeah. terrible, and watching Leeds this season has been brilliant. Like especially you know especially for me because it, for me it doesn't really matter what the result is. Like mm. in the in the Leeds game, I just want to watch good football. So it's great to watch. It's great to watch us at the minute, but yeah. must be slightly different for you because the the points haven't been stacking up like they should have. Yeah, it's like two different experiences. <clears throat> if you're watching a game live, the tension doesn't allow you to enjoy the football as much. If you watch it the second time, especially, well, if we've won, if you watch it uh, the second time round, which I normally do, it's you enjoy it a lot more. So that's probably how a neutral like yourself would see the game. Uh, but the tension of thinking we need the points on the board to stay up, that that spoils a lot of it, especially now that we've lost a few in a row. Um, but hopefully we can uh, we can kick back with it now. And start going. Steve Bruce's mags will help you out with that one, like, and just right. pick <laughs> So we've got a knock, knock, knock at the door, and uh, it's Ollie Vicks from Andy's Man Club. Uh, Oliver, how are you going today? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Uh, busy, busy, busy. It's been a, a, another long day in the office, but uh, we've got to keep going, keep doing what we're doing. So it's all for the good cause. So, Mickey, maybe you could preface this uh, this interview with just telling us a little bit about uh, Martin Lorimer and what happened and and why we're why we're we've invited Oli onto the podcast. Yeah, it was a pretty horrible story from Newcastle social media this week. Um, a Newcastle fan had tweeted earlier in the week um, suggesting that he that he may be about to do something terrible. Um, that night, he, that night he was found. There was a massive you know, campaign from Newcastle fans, former players, uh, the club themselves, to credit to them. Um, we have someone from the Newcastle Foundation called the Be a Game Changer campaign, which is a campaign to promote you know, better, better men's mental health, which, is, which has been really effective. Um, and all of these people had kind of rallied around to try and, try and find Martin, and, and, and somebody did that night. But a few days later, we got the, the terrible news that he'd... Um, I believe, although I'm not certain, so don't quote me on this, but I believe it had taken his own life. Um, it's just horrendous, desperately, desperately sad time. Okay. And um, yeah, just uh, if you do urgently need to talk to someone, there's the Samaritans, which is a 116123. Is that correct? Ollie? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, that, that's right. There are a number of services out there that you can um, seek immediate help from. You can speak to your local uh, crisis team. Or like I say, you can um, you can speak to the Samaritans, and it is one one six one two three. Okay, so in light of that, we thought we'd invite Ollie on from Andy's Man Club, and Ollie, if you could tell us a little bit about what you guys do and how can people get involved. So Andy's Man Club is a charity, um, a suicide prevention charity. We work with um, with men over the age of eighteen. We run peer-to-peer support groups um, on a weekly basis across thirty-five locations across the country. Um, we're constantly trying to grow that network and reach out to more men. Um, but it's a really simple, um, really easy format. Basically, we just get guys together to sit down. Um, there's no counsellors involved. There's no sort of professionals involved. It's just a, a pure peer-to-peer support group where guys can go and talk about anything that might be bothering them, get anything off the chest, talk about any feelings that they might not want to talk about at home or in the workplace, um, in a secure, non-judgmental environment with uh, like-minded people. Great. And um, what, what would you say to somebody who is maybe hesitant about going um, but feels like that maybe they could benefit from it? Um, every man that's in the room um, has been in that same position. They've all been stood outside um, wondering whether they should go in or not. 
and they all know how difficult it is to, to take that step to walk across that threshold for the first time um, and I can guarantee that whichever one of the clubs you go to um, you will be welcomed with open arms and they'll make that transition as easy as possible for you um, if you are in a situation where you feel like you need to reach out or you feel like you're bottling things up it's imperative that you do talk to somebody, whether it's coming to Andy's Man Club, whether it's going to speak to your GP or, or Samaritans or anybody. But the more you bottle these things up, the worse they're going to get. Um, it's, once you start talking about your, your issues or your mental health or whatever it might be that you want to get off your chest, I think you'll be surprised at just how naturally it comes to you and just how easy it can be given the right platform. Yeah, I think it's it's really important to try and remember when people are in your darkest moments that uh, suicide is a, a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Absolutely. And talking through talking it through and and speaking with people, you'll realise that the problem that you think is insurmountable is something that you can get around, and there's, there's ways that you can get over it. <clears throat> and it's it's not there's no magical cure. There's no thing that's going to make you feel fantastic in you know, seconds and things like that, but talking it out will help you, um, give you them tools to get past that feeling. And there's just, it's just not something that people should consider really. But um, yeah, things like Andy's Man Club, um, Samaritans, um, Calm, and all things like that are all things that are all there to help. So if, if you do feel you want to talk, reach out. Uh, I think on the back of that, um, one of the, one of the main symptoms of, of depression and, and feeling suicidal is that you feel very isolated. You feel like you're on your own with these thoughts. And mm. it's quite eye-opening if you go to somewhere like Andy's Man Club or, or another sort of peer-to-peer support group to sit and talk to other people who feel the same. Um, it makes you realise mm. that you're not on your own and that you're not the only one going through these sort of problems and that everybody's, you know, we're all, all human beings. We've all got problems and emotions that we need to deal with. Um, and that was one of the things that helped me when I first came down to Andy's Man Club, just knowing that um, there were like-minded people that were also going through similar things that, that I could talk to and they'd, they wouldn't judge me. They'd, they'd understand how I was feeling. Um, and it, it really helped me along my road to recovery. Mickey? Well, I know the... Um... The, the Be A Game Changer campaign in Newcastle sounds like it's quite a similar thing and it, it, it encourages a lot of kind of similar similar events. I think the most recent one that I've seen was the, the quite a few of the lads that were, were in that programme met up for a game of football at the weekend, which I just thought was was brilliant. It's such a such a smart way of getting blokes to talk to each other, um, which we, we all know doesn't happen that often and doesn't definitely doesn't happen often enough. Um, so it's great to hear that there's there's something similar going on down your way as well. Um, I hope I hope it's I hope it's really effective. Yeah, I think Andy mentioned on our, our show yesterday um, that there's five a side happening in the Leeds um, the Leeds Andy's Man Club. So that's really good. That's a really good way of uh, of getting out some pent up frustration, even though it might be somebody's ankles could be. Uh, yeah, <laughs> really good. yeah, I've I've seen quite a few injuries in those five side sessions. Yeah. Um, but that that's uh, that's another thing, you know. It's it's not just a session on a Monday night. Once you come down to the session, you become part of a community. Um, and those lads then they do meet up outside of the Monday night sessions and go on walks, go meet up for coffees. Um, I know of mountain biking groups, football groups, guys that go out running together. There's there's all sorts of things for, for the guys to get involved in once they make that step and come through the door and join the, the network, so to speak. Um, we are looking at opening a club up in Newcastle. Uh, I've got a couple of guys ready to run it. We just we just need a venue, um, and obviously with lockdown and everything like that, it's been been a struggle getting um, getting in touch with places um, and, and growing that network and, and yeah. building that community up there. Um, I say we've got a, we've, the closest one at the moment, I believe, is is Sunderland. Um, but we've got some guys that travel from Newcastle down to Sunderland to go to the club. Um, so you know we'll be with Newcastle in the very near future as well. So if there's any Newcastle fans listening just to see what these dirty leads fans would think about their football club, but you have access to a venue that you might be able to help uh, get in touch and uh, might be able to sort something out. Yeah, I guess, Mickey, you could put that call out on on your pod as well if we use this same interview. And yeah, maybe there's yeah, a yeah. venue out there um, a venue out there for Andy's Man Club. 
Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll ask about for sure. Um, I was I was going to boo there when he said Sunderland, but it didn't feel appropriate. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, do we want to ask Newcastle fans to go to Sunderland? But yeah, just yeah, yeah. just know that like in, internally, I booed the word Sunderland just just for the like for the record. For the record, yeah. yeah. It's been nothing. <laughs> the first and only time you're unable to to boo Sunderland, and uh, I'll make up for it next time. Yeah. I'll do it twice. Just yeah. just keep those veins intact. No need to. Uh, no need to. <laughs> Bust them and grit your teeth too hard. Okay, Ollie, and where can people get in touch with Andy's man? Uh, if anybody wants any information about how to join either the session or refer anybody or anything that they wanted to do regarding Andy's man club, you just need to drop us an email at info at andysmanclub.co.uk. Absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much. Um, okay. Well, uh, we'll have to get on with the wretch, rest of the, the wretch. <laughs> this is another Freudian. <laughs> Freudian fucking slip there. <laughs> the rest of this uh, match preview, but um, thanks so much for coming on. And uh, any final thoughts? Uh, just thanks for having me, guys. It's always important to reach as many people as we can. Um, talking about suicide and talking about the work that we do, um, we might not reach the person that, that needs help, but we might reach the people close to them. Um, so the more we talk about it, the more likely we are to reach that one man that needs help. So thank you very much for having me, guys. Yep, no worries. Thanks, Colin. Cheers. Brilliant. Thanks, Thanks, Ollie. You're doing great work. Awesome. Thank you very much. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Bye. Cheers, mate. Okay, that was Ollie. That was good, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah it's good. To, we need to get that club in Newcastle, I think, because, uh, like we said, asking Newcastle fans to travel to Sunderland is just not good enough. Um, oh, no. no. <laughs> we need to start that out. So please get in touch. If, you, if you've got a venue, we'll uh, point you in the right direction. It'd be great. Mind you, you haven't been to Sunderland for a while, so. Yeah, no need. I mean, to be fair, the last few times we've been down there, it's been terrible. We keep getting beat. Um, but we did, uh, we did have the pleasure of playing them in the. Um, I don't know what it's called now, but the, the, well, I don't even know what it is. The, the trophy where League One and below play their full team, and then the Premier League send them in the twenty threes, oh, and we played them at. Is FA trophy? Them at, is it something like that? Nah, one of those. Yeah. The, Papa, yeah. the Papa Johnson's paint. <laughs> I think it might be the Papa John's now. Um, so we uh, we took like four and a half thousand away fans down to watch our our under 23s play their first team in a competitive game, which was just an absolute delight. Yeah, I went down; it was right. great, great. We lost, we lost comfortably, like, but you know, it's neither here nor there. Is it? Like, it's yeah. humiliating for them to have to play our under 23s in a proper yeah, game. We played them just as they'd come down from uh, the Premier League and went up with uh, Thomas Christensen's leads with the Samu Sais and Alioski's first sort of games and we absolutely dicked them. And they, they were really cocky about it. They were like, oh yeah, with Premier League, you know, we're gonna we're gonna beat you guys easily. It's like, yeah, that was interesting. And then they've just been in free fall ever since. So I think that we were responsible for that. hilariously as well, the like the entire thing has been filmed. Yeah. And put out on a on a hit TV show. Like what what more can you ask for your greatest rivals to like have the best collapse? in football history and have it entirely documented from the fans and the players and the owners like all of it is available to watch for for eight pound a month like per <laughs> perfect yeah but honestly but what could you ask i mean we have had that same experience where our whole downfall in the season where we should have gone up was filmed and, and documented for amazon uh but luckily they had a second season so mm. Imagine that, and then the second season goes. It's going down even worse. It's perfect. Nightmarish. Okay, I believe it was. Uh, so now is the time for the everyone's favorite time of the match preview podcast, where Alex fucks up. <laughs> we get some predictions going. Um, there is a league table. It was ten nine. But there have been some, since the new rules came in, uh, where you get minus points for naming goal scorers <laughs> who didn't score. Uh, Alex came up with the minus three, a healthy yeah. minus three. Um, and our opposition podcaster came up with a minus two. So some quick maths tells me that it's eight, six. Shit. <laughs> Okay, I need to get this one right, don't I? Yes. Um, so, Mickey, uh, just just for you, um, one point for a correct guess of a win, draw, or loss. Um, 
two extra points for the correct scoreline. And you get a point each for goal scorers, but you get minus points if they don't score. Right, well, I'm going to go for it then. Um, obviously, I'm going to predict Newcastle to win 2-1. Uh, Wilson, Joel Linton and Bamford, three goal scorers. I'll be uh, to be honest. If that's right, I'll be I'll be annoyed because I'm not going to bet on it, and that would be worth a fortune. I'll put it on. Fire. I'll have to bet on. It. I'll have to bet on it now. Yeah. We saw today actually just uh, just as an aside, we saw we saw odds of Newcastle of three to one to win this game, which I I think are, are kind of decent odds. I've I've got no idea about betting, so I I'm ashamed to say. Well, I'm not ashamed to say. I'm proud to say. I have no idea what that means. Well, one pound on, you'll get three pound back. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, I'd place that bet with our runner form. Yeah, um, small face. Thanks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's uh, an improvement on Elf Dick. Like, <laughs> yeah, to be fair. Um, what am I going to go with? I reckon it's, I'm going to go with a, a draw. Um, I think it's going to be a one-all draw. And I think it's going to be Bamford to score for us. I'm not going to go for a Newcastle scorer because... It's only Wilson, mate. It could only be Wilson. <laughs> uh, no, because then you'd get points, you see. I, I, hmm. <laughs> I, I had Bamford as well. Yeah. Oh, good shot. Yeah, Wilson. Because <laughs> then if... I, yeah, yeah, that'll work. Yeah. If I was playing, is, is Lascelles fit? I think uh, well, they haven't confirmed, but I think he's one of the players that is out with the virus and he's not been in training. So I don't, th- I don't think so. I don't think he's going to play. It'll be okay. Clark and Fernandez at the back for us. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Otherwise, he he would have been nailed on for a header, tiring header in the in the in the corner, one of the many corners. We would have pitted him against, um, let's say, Jamie Shackleton, who's who's a, basically a hobbit, four foot. <laughs> It's almost like since Vern Troyer came to look around the club, we've played as if we're his height. <laughs> we, we had this this weird situation for you, Mickey, where Vern Troyer turned up and he was just riding around the East End concourse in his mobility scooter and just turned up on, on social media with a picture of him in a lead shirt. Mm. No right. explanation why he wasn't over for a promotional trip. <laughs> it's never been explained just... why Vern Troyer was at the club. So, that's, yeah. yeah, that's bizarre. I've got a lot of time for that, though. That's that's really good, Patter. You got any famous fans or odd occurrences? I, I mean, I kind of, I kind of beat that, like, <laughs> don't worry. Vern Troyer doing donuts in the staff car park. I'd love to know. I'd love to know why. Oh, why like why? Chilino, there was why lots of things that you'd say why to. Like, why did you? put a tax on the south stand to charge for a pie and a pint just because mm. you wanted to so, yeah why were you looking for cameras in the boardroom because people are trying to catch you doing cocaine mm. yeah there's a there's a lot of answers that need that never came with chelina and hopefully somebody will write a book at some point but it won't be uh beast and dave will it uh, i'll never know <laughs> oh dear Hang on. So Callum Wilson and Patrick Bamford both to score. Skybet odds is boosted. Other betting companies are available. Seven to one. It's decent, that. I would get on that. Yeah, that's all right. Yep. Rafinha to score from out of the area. 20 to one. He's a good player. He's a good player. Like, yeah. I, I really like him. We've done really well to get him. I mean, he's, I think in sprints, he's second in the table, I think, um, so far. I think he's he's unreal. I mean, the way that he's, he's slotted himself into the team is really good. Um, so he's the one to watch, I think. Um, but yeah, I might uh, spiral further into my profit and loss for Skybet later on. <laughs> <laughs> so our uh, records versus opponents since the Premier League started, um, more than 20 games played. So the only teams that we have worse records against are Manchester United and Liverpool. So, yeah, I'll, I'll take that. Point nine of a point per game we're on yeah. against you guys. The R rate is nice. 0.9. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
but we're still we aren't we aren't really anyone's bogey team so that's quite that, that's good you I go. didn't know that. Been ours in the past years definitely I remember in the mm. premiership days definitely mm. were so 12 losses yeah so the r r rate is 0.5 and the the tier level is fucking shit <laughs> uh seems like the last time we beat you was 2002 at St. James's oh, really? Park. Remember them Halcyon oh, days. Halcyon days, it was, you know, before coronavirus, before the internet was had broadband. So it was 2-0 oh, to Leeds. 2-0 <laughs> to Leeds. Can you guess the scorers? 2002. Mm-hmm. Uh, Smith? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Ha, well, there you go. Um, can you name I'm quite tough for that? Can you name the ex Leeds and Newcastle player who was substituted uh, after 67 minutes? Speed, yep, yep. But it won't be Batty, would he? He'd be busy fighting, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well done. Um, so yeah, Craig Bellamy came on for Gary Speed. And I loved him in Muse. Hugo Viana coming on from for Shola Amiobi. Uh, Andy Griffin came on for Andy O'Brien, and Eric Backer replaced Mark Viduka. So there you go. What a player! What a player Backer was. And it was Terry Venables versus Bobby Robson. Fucking hell! Really good manager versus Terry Venables. <laughs> I don't know how he was so shit for us though. I mean, he should have been a decent manager, but he just wasn't given any backing whatsoever. It's like, oh, welcome Terry. Uh, here's his war chest. It's uh, crunchy. Uh, oh, somebody's eating the crunchy. We've not got any money. Which <laughs> what it was. Um, kind of the first, the first one, wasn't it? Where previous managers have just like totally, totally melodious. Yeah, it's happened a few times since with other clubs, but Leeds were the first one that just like chucked all the money at one go. Yeah, and then afterwards they're like, "Fucking hell, what's new good?" Yeah, absolutely. Our, our issue was getting loans very high with high, very high interest rates. For players who never even played, like Seth Johnson. Yeah. So we got a loan to pay for the nine million. And then that ended up spiraling to thirty million with the interest rates. Seriously. Mm. Yeah. And Seth Johnson, I mean, he never even barely kicked a ball that, for for two years. That's absolutely insane. Mm. Yeah. There's Did some it, lessons to be learned from that um period of leads, definitely. But it wasn't you know the one wasn't Peter Risdale's fault. Because, you know, he left, he resigned or whatever. But if he'd have stayed on, oh, we never would have got relegated. Oh, no, he didn't go on to do exactly the same thing for other clubs, did he? At all. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one thing you can't, you can't say about uh, Mike Ashley, like our finances are, are pretty good. You know, we're not, we're not particularly good at marketing ourselves and we don't bring in as much commercial revenue as we should, but... Mm. We don't have any debt. Like we're not doing anything mental like that. We get paid for all of our transfers up front. We, we don't sell anyone on. Um, so we don't. Sorry, we pay for all of our transfers up front. We don't buy anyone on pay, pay later deals. We tend to let other clubs pay us more slowly because because we can charge them more. So we're we're almost we're almost like the money lender in this. Like turned us into a football bank almost. Yes, which yeah. is absurd, but it's the shows. You've got to give a little bit of credit where it's due. Like we're probably in the best position out of anyone in the league with what's going on at the minute and the reduction in revenues and income. Like mm. I think Newcastle will be all right. Which makes you a, a good candidate for a takeover. <clears throat> yeah. If it's allowed yeah. to go through at any point. So yeah, mm. it's good. If Mike actually lowers his price. Yeah. Um, so last the price, week, the last... price is agreed, but price is agreed. It's not the price, it's a, it's the Premier League. I'll not let it through. Ah, yeah, but that's that's the owner. So then you've got to get another owner. And I'm just wondering how many people are um, have 350 million quid. Yeah, are going to yeah, meet that particular asking price. I mean, we cost five, five, five million essentially. I mean, obviously there was a lot of investment after that, hmm. but yeah. we're already we're not in a dissimilar position to to you guys. So I just I don't see how he gets to that asking price. I know he wants to make money. He, he's wanted to make money off years every year, hasn't he? Every year he's earned it. So, um, anyway, last win for Newcastle was at Ellen Road. Um, it was 2016. 
you won 2 0. Can you name the scorers? 2016? 2016. Championship, wasn't it? It was. Um, nah, I can't, I can't name Australia. There was goals. one player who scored quite a lot of goals for you. I honestly can't remember. I was going to say Dwight Gale, but I don't even think we had him by then. Dwight Gale, two goals. Was it? Yep. <laughs> oh, well, <they> <laughs> And I thought I could remember him shushing the crowd, but like 2016, I didn't think I didn't think he'd been here four years. Probably about right. Yeah. And for for his second goal, he was assisted by someone we already talked about on the show earlier. Mike Ashley, <laughs> Newcastle player. Yes, and an ex Leeds player. Um, I don't know. Don't know. I've blocked it out of my mind. <laughs> yes. And with good reason, because it was Vernon and Eater. Oh, for God's sake. How <laughs> was it? Pigeon-chested. Yeah. That's all we ever did. We, that's how we, we scouted him. We thought, oh, see, who gave the assist to Dwight Gale, that second one? We need to get him in. One of my most subtle ever jokes uh, was including Vernon and Eater because he was so small. I shopped him into the kids' kit because we were sponsored by 32 Red. He had the utility sponsor on it. So photoshopped it so it looked legit. Put it on Twitter, it's like nobody got the joke. He's wearing a kid's <laughs> kit. That's the joke. He's like, why is he wearing a new Twitter? He's got wrong sponsor on. Just <laughs> Photoshop people's faces small. That's that's the line, really. <laughs> uh, but the one uh, Newcastle memory I've got is uh, a pre-season friendly. Um, I can't remember when it was, but Ross McCormack was playing for us. I think it was his first couple of seasons. <laughs> the Newcastle fans were just singing, 44 is fat as fuck. <laughs> 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 and then there was this because you guys are at all of the south stand and we were in the west stand at this time and i don't think they opened the east so there was a corner where the fans were close to each other and there was this poor ginger kid who was sat on his own and he was giving it large to the leeds fans and stuff and and newcastle had gone ahead so we were a little bit quiet and then we we went ahead again and this poor ginger kid if if you're if you're out there mate and you're still struggling after that abuse please give me a ring and I'll apologise, but that poor kid took some hammer from Leeds fans. It's like he was all proud and everything like that, and he was sticking the Vs up and calling everybody's mother everything, and then he sat down and looked like we were going to cry when we were tubing up. So, <laughs> yeah, learn your lesson. <laughs> so, final thing on that game. Um, in a desperate attempt to get back into the, the match, Gary Monk brought on Hardy Sacco. <laughs> <laughs> And Marcus Antonsen. And just to give you an idea of the uh, the gap between the squads, Alexander Mitrovic came on for, for you guys, for, for Dwight Gale in the 79th minute. <laughs> Slightly <laughs> different firepower levels there, I think. But Hadi Sacco was substituted for a, a chicken, and the chicken got a crossing. Uh, <laughs> God, he was so frustrating as a player. He had so much like pace and... Decent bit, decent feet, decent bit, turn of skill and stuff like that. And you get to the byline, it's like, I don't know what to do now. Do I shoot? Yeah, gonna. And that's it. That's all he ever did. 65 million release clause, apparently, he had. And then the just. I've never, I've never heard of him. Well, exactly. That, that's exactly how good he is. His hashtag was hashtag square it had he, because he didn't know how to play a square ball. <laughs> it's a position where they were Chris Wood waiting for the ball to be squared to him, just like shoot. So frustrating. What's he doing now? Where is Saka? Do we know? No, I'm going to have to look this up. What is he playing you, for? Like, are you doing it? Yeah, let's do it. Let's see where he is. Okay. Adi Saka is it? Oh, he's, he's in uh, Turkey. Denizil Spa. Okay, that, that sounds Sorry, that sounds exact. That sounds that's so perfect. That's such a perfect place for him to be. Yeah. <laughs> He's a number nine, though. They're playing him as a number nine. <laughs> <laughs> he's had twenty six appearances and he's got three goals. <laughs> he went on loan from us to Las Palmas, where he had five appearances with zero goals. And then he went to another, I think it's a Turkish club. I can't pronounce it. I don't want to um, murder it. Uh, he had uh, 15 appearances and three goals. And he's been there. He's been at Denis Lispa since uh, 2019. And yeah, come down the toilet. Um, 
so, yeah. 65 million release clause. Yep. Yep. That's it. Oh, dear. Super oh. League side. <laughs> and that's it. The whole entry for his career at Denizli Sport is on 16th of July 2019, Sako joined Turkish Super League side, Denizli Sport. <laughs> <laughs> He has lit that league up. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see where Vernon is. You should change it. You should elaborate. Give him like give him a really elaborate story, and then one That's day it. someone else will look him up. It like... was discovered that uh, Hadi Sako was a, a spy for the Russians. And... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Confessions of a dangerous mind. <laughs> The likelihood is that no one's going to notice that for a while and then people, someone might believe it's true. That's it, yeah. We do get that a lot. It's like, oh, we're we're interested in a player. It's like, all right, yeah, yeah, cool, cool. It says on his Wikipedia that he's joining Leeds. It's like, you don't realise that anybody can change that. Oh, that's got to be true. It was on Wikipedia. Um, (laughs) Vernon has said that uh, Newcastle was an experience he'll never forget. I'm sure you feel the same way mickey <laughs> exactly the same yeah 100 yeah, percent. i feel i feel a bit sorry for him because he kind of gets blamed for that and it's not his fault he was the only one was signed you know he, he wasn't wasn't particularly good but we should have just signed more players so he is now at uh, a club i think it's a dutch club uh yeah rkc walwick and he has played once When they were desperate. <laughs> yeah. uh, CSKA Sofia uh, was his previous club where he played twice. And previous to that, it was on loan from us to Wilhelm II, which was 27 appearances. So he is also setting his career is absolutely like. Um, let's not look for any more. <laughs> they, they, they had a bowel sickness rush through the team like a, <laughs> like a bushfire. And so they, they had to call up Vernon. A couple God, what are we going to do for left back? Right. Uh, tea lady? Oh, no. Okay. But it's, it's, it's a Presetti. It'll stay on when you run. Oh, maybe not. What about the lad who does the, uh, who does the, um, the ground? Uh, <laughs> d- didn't he have, he, he have somebody? He's a son or something? His cousin? No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck it. Just... Dave. Dave. Just get Vernon then. Fuck oh, it. Fuck it. We're going to have to do Vernon, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, so let's round this up then. Um, Mickey, final thoughts on the game? Like I say, I think it's going to be a terrible game of football. Newcastle exclusively participate in terrible games of football under Steve Bruce. Um, I hope we win, but I don't think we will. I know, I know, I predicted two one, but obviously you have to predict, like, have to predict Newcastle to win. That's not in the rules, no. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, I, uh, yeah, maybe it's just my rule, but I, I can't predict Newcastle to lose. I never do against anyone. Mm. It's a rule. No, I think my final thoughts is I just want to see a performance from Leeds. I just mm. want to see us get that fluency back that we've had in the earlier part of the season. String more than three passes together in a triangle, and I will be happy. I don't really care what the result is. If we see a decent performance and we lose, I'm not that bothered. Um, I would like three points, but I'd rather see us start to improve again. And, and because Christmas is always shit for Leeds, always has been. Historically, we always have a shit period of farm. So let's get three points on the board, um, have a decent performance, and then go and get pissed. And then we'll be in tier two for Burnley. So 2,000 of us can go and get watchers get absolutely hammered. Um, that'd be great, won't it? We'll, we'll all feel fantastic. <laughs> there was one Christmas Eve. 1995 and i believe it's the only game we've ever played on christmas eve yep that went well that went really well that went really really well (laughs) we we queued up for tickets for that um for the i think the day before and the the queue was like three quarters of the way around ellen road wow and we were there for about three or four hours i had to take a sandwich break i had to go over to cafe to get my mum and my brother sandwiches and we got that, and that's the best Christmas Eve present I've ever had. Watching us beat the scum three one it was great. So uh, yeah, we'll have a repeat of that <laughs> for that, please. Yes, a repeat of that. A very happy Christmas it would be. Okay, uh, let's wrap this up though. So uh, if you'd like to uh, subscribe to us, then uh, you'll get a little notification in in your podcast player when our new podcast comes around, and then you can listen to it. 
Every single one of them. Because yeah. we have to do them. So yeah. at least one other person can suffer through it. <laughs> My name's Adonis. You know me from at the Adelites on Twitter. And it's a very goodbye from me. And it's a very goodbye from our resident elf, dick, small face, elf Riot dick. Badger. So it's at elfdick.riotbadger.com. <laughs> and yeah. Um, subscribe to my own fans where you will see my optic <laughs> sounds pretty good to be fair take the halls with bows of holly <laughs> bows of pubes <laughs> oh, oh. I'm disgusting myself with my own image now thanks I am curious to see what elf dick is though <laughs> Anyway, um, and I reckon you get you get some subscribers. <laughs> people would be curious. <laughs> Let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a very goodbye from Mickey. Um, what's your which podcast are you from? I'm sorry, I forgot to say that. It's True Faith, uh, isn't it? True Faith, yeah, True Faith. Newcastle podcast. Thanks for having me, though. Been a good show. Cheers. Thanks for coming, mate. Thanks, Mickey. I never know how to end these. Leeds, come on, Leeds! <laughs> Most of our stats come from LUFC Stats or LUFC Data on Twitter. You should probably give them a follow as they're more interesting than us. A very special thanks to Adam Warner, Barney Stewart, Cookie, Ewan and Howard, Metcalf, Josh Pearson, Laura, Leon and Rob, The Light Show and all our family and friends.